Does everyone just have their own interpretation of the Bible? It almost seems like it's a self-evident truth. How can it not be true? It's almost like the question answers itself. How can a person not have their own interpretation of the Bible or of any text in, for that matter? But if it is true, doesn't that call into question the very value and reliability of sacred scripture? Who is to say that one interpretation is to be favored over another? And who can claim that their way is right and others are wrong? Well, this is the last talk in a series, short series, that we're calling Beyond Skepticism, Intellectually Satisfying Faith. What we've tried to do is address a very common caricature of the Christian faith that many people conjure up in their minds when they think about Christianity. It's the idea that Christianity asks you to check your mind at the door to leave aside all reason and intellect in order to receive what can be only gained by faith. But the truth is that professors of quantum chemistry can be followers of Jesus, as can all kinds of scientists and historians, philosophers, artists, engineers. Far from a religion merely for the uneducated, we repeatedly find that Christians are thinkers. For it is true that Christ welcomes the simpleton as well as the genius, but no one who has reason or knowledge or common sense is ever asked to put that aside. In fact, they ought to put them to good use. And that's especially true when it comes to reading the Bible. So what if everyone has their own interpretation of the Bible? Perhaps this would even be quite convenient. Let each person interpret for themselves according to what they think is right. And let there be no judgment and no condemnation, no discrimination. Live and let live, as they say, and all will be well. Unfortunately, this will not do. Without a common understanding of how to read the Bible, there can be no real certainty, no real assurance about the truths and promises of God's word. Any unity that we have as a church must be superficial and shallow in an effort to avoid confrontation and contradiction. And truth itself, which is so highly valued by the authors of the Bible, either must be unreachable or non-existent. So we cannot be satisfied with the fact that any old interpretation is equally valid as any other. We need not accept that the Bible can mean whatever you want it to mean. I want to argue that we, that we can interpret the Bible and have confidence about our ability to do so. And the way I want to show you is by firstly making some observations about the way that language in general works, and then some observations about the nature of the Bible, and that will help guide our interpretation. And then finally, we'll talk about how it is that we can interpret the Bible. First, let's start with a few brief notes on how language itself works. The first note is that words are flexible. Almost every word in every language can have a range of meanings. It can be used in different ways. For instance, what do you think of when I say the word fly? Well, perhaps the first thing you think of is a small black insect. You know, the one that comes out as the sausages come off the barbecue in the park or in the backyard. But perhaps you heard it not as a noun, uh, not as a noun, but as a verb. Each kind of fly, after all, flies. But not all things that fly, fly like flies. For a bird flies, 
but in a very different way to how a plane flies. And even in the absence of anything physically traveling, we can still say time flies when you're having fun. Words tend to stray from their dictionary definitions. The way we use language is fluid and flexible, and that's what allows us to make puns, to write poetry, and to make memes. But though words in general have a range of meanings, that's not to say that words mean whatever we like. When I say a word, I intend it to mean a certain thing. And in each case of the word fly that I just mentioned, I expect that you understood not just the broadest, most general sense of the word, but in each specific case, the specific nuanced meaning that I was giving to it. What made it possible for you to do that was that each word comes in a context. Each time I used the word fly, the context made it clear which meaning I meant, even if that context was in just one word. A bird flies, or a time flies. And this is essentially the answer to our question on whether we can be confident in our interpretation or not. We must always interpret a text by its context. The more context we have, the more confident we can be about our interpretation. Another way to look at it would be to say that interpreting the Bible is an act of empathy. Empathy is the act of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, seeing things from their perspective. Uh, to, be empathetic, to, to be empathetic to another person, you mustn't always be waiting to give advice, to say your own piece, to put your own words in their mouth. Empathy means genuinely listening, letting them speak for themselves, trying to understand where they're coming from, even when you find yourself coming from a different point of view. Or in just the same way, we read the Bible badly when we're reading only just to find fault or to push our own point of view. Instead, reading and interpreting the Bible requires us to put ourselves aside and really listen and engage with it on its own terms. And that means letting it speak for itself in its own context. And the Bible, after all, is a complex and ancient text. The later sections of the Bible were written within a century of Jesus's death. And that is to say, almost 2,000 years ago. Some parts of the Old Testament were written thousands of years before that. Well, in order to read the New Testament empathetically then, we need to try to understand what life was like for the New Testament Greeks and Romans and Jews scattered across the Roman Empire. For instance, we make a mistake when we assume that the first century practice of slavery was the exactly the same as the 17th century practice of slavery. And when we read the Old Testament likewise, we need to keep in mind how ancient societies thought about families and society was quite different to the way that we do in our context in the modern day. It would be a mistake to put our own individualist assumptions into our interpretation of events that happen in a collectivist society. Reading the Bible empathetically also means allowing the ancient authors to follow the conventions of their own day. Rather than holding them to the modern standards of uh, historical or scientific writing, we should seek to understand them within the context and the genres 
of ancient storytelling, prophecy, poetry, and law. Thinking about empathy when interpreting the Bible also forces us to ask the question of intent. Why was the Bible written? And so even though we can read it as a historical source, and we can read it as a great literary work, we ought to acknowledge that this is a theological work, intending to reveal to us truths about God and the world. And in doing so, the books of the Bible are seeking to form their readers spiritually. So, how do we interpret the Bible? Well, first, attend with empathy. When it comes to God, a lot of people are easily misguided by their past experiences of religion, or their presuppositions and prejudices, or even their traditions. But empathy means letting the Bible speak for itself, looking at the words on the page with an open mind. Second, pay attention to the social context. Imagine yourself in the shoes of an ancient Israelite practicing the Sabbath or an exile living among the Babylonians, or Roman citizens sitting in an early church gathering. These are the historical situations where the Bible was written to real people with real needs. Third, pay attention to the literary context. Words are flexible, and they become specific by the way that they're used in context. And therefore, the way to understand a word is in the context of its sentence, which is in the context of its paragraph, which is in the context of its book, which is in the context of the other books written by the same author, which is in the context ultimately of the Bible as a whole. Fourthly, read with others. The Bible can be hard to understand because the social context is often foreign to us. The broader literary context takes most people a long time to internalize, and in our limited capacity, we don't pick up on everything that we ought to pick up, and other people often pick up things that we miss. And so when we read the Bible together, and especially with those who are more experienced and more trained than ourselves, we can become more confident about our interpretation of what it says. And finally, Take note of why the Bible is written. Ultimately, you see, the goal of those who wrote the scriptures was not merely to preserve doctrine, but to produce disciples. The end point was not simply information, but transformation. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There's no right interpretation of the Bible without a right response. But what is it that we must do? What does our response look like? Well, there is one memorable answer to that question that Jesus himself gave. There was once an expert in the law who asked Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. For Jesus, the Bible's goals are summarized in just two commandments. 
Love the one true God with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Ultimately, this is the theological and ethical grid that guides how Christians read all of Scripture. Are you being led to love God wholeheartedly? Are you compelled to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself? If not, you can be sure that you have not fully understood what you are reading. And now you might be feeling that reading the Bible is a dangerous activity. It asks you to change, to repent, to live differently. It exposes you and makes you uncomfortable. The letter to the Hebrews says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It's not easy to read this kind of book. And yet the very same word that can make us so uncomfortable also leads us to new life. As John 20, 31 says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, we started by asking the question, does everyone just have their own interpretation of the Bible? And what we've seen is that while every person certainly may have their own interpretation, not all interpretations are equally valid. For biblical interpretation, like empathy, is a skill. It requires attentiveness, humility, and knowledge, and requires us to learn from others. As a skill, it's something that you can get trained in and get better at. And if you have the chance, I really highly recommend that you take the EU's Teaching the Bible Equip course, or TTB. It's run in the first semester of every year, and it's part of our Assistant Small Group Leader Training Program. It's an excellent course. I really highly recommend that you take it if you can. It will equip you to read and interpret the Bible. Now, ultimately, the point of reading and interpreting the Bible, though, is to change us. The Bible is trying to form you into the kind of person who will love God and love your neighbor through the new life that comes in Jesus. In that sense, even the most uneducated pauper who falls in love with Jesus is closer to the truth than the theologian who can write volumes but fails to love. Oh Lord, would you give us the skill of empathetic reading and understanding that we might love you and our neighbor more and more. Amen.